And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Son of Slovenia, cool as hell. He scores the ball and he rebounds well. Don't fight the future. Here comes Luca. Welcome to 77 Minutes, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network, the only podcast that has the entire gang back together. It's me, Tim Cato, uh, with The Athletic, writing and talking about them, Mike Bellucci of D Magazine, Dave Dufour of The Athletic. It's all three of us, and we are here to talk about um, a few things, Uh, you know, right off the top, we're going to talk about Tim Hardaway Jr.'s injury. I think that will naturally lead into some more trade talks, some more uh, roster construction talks and philosophy about how the, how the Mavericks go about building their team or don't go about building their team in, in some cases. And, and, and just try to have an understanding of, of, you know, what the, what the games this past week, um, which went about the way that we thought they would um, does, does that just kind of reinforce the feelings or of, of that, that we've been talking about this team uh, does it put the Mavericks in a position where we feel they need to make changes, where we feel they feel they need to make changes? But let's start with Hardaway, uh, who suffered a broken uh, fifth metatarsal, uh, I believe, in his left foot. That's a bummer. It's not certain whether he'd even be back this season. Um, these injuries can linger and vary. Dave, what, did, uh, what, what, what do you think that means big picture? For the team, I mean, this is a hugely important piece to their bench right now. And, and he was coming off the bench, and, and we know, you know, this is like a starting caliber player when he when everything's going right for him. Um, but it, this is an important guy in their rotation, and I just don't know what the heck this team is supposed to do. They already have issues with shooting, and they just lost one of their best shooters. So I, I don't know. I mean. It is a bummer. It's basically the only way to say it. Um, this team lives and dies by whether or not it can make shots, and it just lost a shot maker. And I don't and, know if they would have been able to trade him, but now they definitely I don't, can. I think that, look, I do think that he had some value, but he had value to them as a player, period. And now they, they're down that guy. But, but I do think his contract had some value and likely still will. This isn't, this probably isn't an injury that's going to, you know, hurt him too much long term. Um, I, I still right. think he that he's a guy. You right now at this deadline? I, no, I, I'm not even going to say that. I think his contract. I think that still has value. I, I mean, he is a a good shooter, and I think that he'll probably going to be fine next year. And so, I do think that that there is some value. Yeah, I mean, it's not what it was. It's sort of you know, Miles Turner is kind of the same thing, right? Whatever they were asking before, well, you're going to have to take less and especially for tim hardaway who's out for the rest of the year most likely 
I feel like any team trading for Hardaway would be looking for more of an instant impact. And then the fact that his salary declines year mm-hmm. over year for three more well, years, that that's would be a certainly way to what it was. Sell. Right. And now it's a different, it's a different asset. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think as Tim put it in his piece today, just because, you know, whether or not Dave's right and it's tradable now, that doesn't mean that it won't be tradable later. You know, and we talked a little about this on last week's show that Tim's better than the way he's played this year. Uh, but irrespective of what his production becomes, because that deal is declining and because, frankly, if you were getting the Tim Hardaway that you got last year at this number, that was a win. He signed a deal a little less than market value to come back here. So he'll be tradable at some point. Um, I think what this does for Dallas right now is just, obviously, offense has been the issue for this team. They didn't have much margin for error to play with anyways coming off the bench. Now there really isn't dependable bench scoring at all, right? I mean, you're who's coming off? It's, it's Dwight Powell. It's Reggie Bullock. It's Josh Green, all of whom are doing things well this year in different ways. None of them are ever consistent shot creators on their own. Reggie Bullock not hitting shots at the rate he has through his career. We don't know if Josh Green, you know, for all the strides that he's made, and while I am still proud captain the Josh Green bandwagon and enjoying every second of it, we still don't know what he's going to be offensively. Um, other than, I mean, if you look at this bench, I think the only guy who you could sit there and say, and this is really only on certain nights, yeah, he can do something offensively, is Trey Burke. And you know the deal with Trey Burke. You're going to figure out in the first 90 seconds when Trey Burke's on the floor if you could trust Trey Burke that, that night or not. So uh, whether this team is you know, the big, swinging, ambitious group that we talked about last week as far as, hey, we want to make big moves that can maybe get us a title down the line, or whether you know, their ambitions are a little more narrow of, we just want this group to be the best version it could be and see where we can go maybe win a playoff series this year. Either way, it's a lot tougher if you don't have bench scoring you depend on. And right now, they do not have bench scoring they can depend on. Yeah, I jumped. I jumped so quickly to the big picture. I I, I agree. Um, we know that title contenders typically have top ten offenses and defenses, and they've got to a point where I I think we all firmly believe that they have a top ten defense. Um, yeah. Maybe not a top five defense. Maybe maybe not. Uh, you know, we've we've talked about the opposing three point percentage and you know, things of that nature. Um, I, I think that the chance to be a top 10 offense again, which we've clearly seen them capable of, uh, they're not going to return to the very rigid structure uh, under Carlisle that allowed them to be that offense. Luca being back to a top five offensive player, uh, which he undoubtedly has been over the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. That's important. But I think, I think one other thing it hinged on was getting more shot making and, as you said, the only player on the roster who I really felt confident was going to be able to do that was going to be Hardaway. And honestly, as bad and weird as his season has been, I probably would have bet that he had a, you know, one of these months in him where he shot 46, 47%, just, just for a month, maybe just for a month. But I would have bet that he had that in him. And we saw that he was, you know, lights out uh, for most of the playoff series against the Clippers it's absolutely a loss and it's absolutely, absolutely a loss because, you know, you look at this team and you look at how they're built and, and their way to win playoff series and their, and their way to, you know, be a formidable playoff team is, is to eke out some more scoring and some more scoring efficiency. And it can't be Luca's improvements alone. And it can't be, you know, you're right. Like that, that was probably the other big thing that could change was Hardaway really being that shooter. Um, you know, toss in a couple other guys, Reggie Bullock and, and Chris Stapps shooting better from three, which 
at this point, I, I don't even, you know, I, I, I expected it more from Tim Hardaway than I, than I did either of those two players at this point, which is a kind of odd thing to say, I, I think, but th- those, those two, you know, just feel more who they are. Whereas Hardaway is, you know, we know that he's streaky and we know that he's up and down and we know that he was capable of a month like that. Yeah. Do you I like mean, how they, I, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I, I really did think that he was going to be on the upswing the, the second half of the season. And you, you talked about Luca playing better. And I think that that would have been a big part of Tim Hardaway kind of finding himself a little bit. Luca, since coming back from that ankle injury has just looked a lot better and a little bit lighter. Funny how that, how getting into shape as the season goes along makes you look better. And I think that everyone would have benefited from that, including Tim Hardaway. But, you know, it's tough. This is a team that leaves a lot of points on the table, a lot of wide open shots from Brunson and Luca. You know, their offense will create looks. Those two guys will create looks. And they lost the one guy I thought would be sticking shots for them in the in the playoffs. So I don't know how like, they're going to replace it. Well, I, I do like, like how they tried to replace it or how, how they went about replacing it against Portland. I, I think the answer is more block, more green. Absolutely. Um, and then and then you work in and, and you see if Sterling Brown can get back to a you know, kind of what you envisioned when you signed him. I also well, think there's a side and benefit. Aquino too was also mixed uh, in there. There's a side I, I, I benefit like to more uh, Josh Green, right? Is that that's a guy who you could probably trade um, if if you're looking to get a guy. It's a it's another guy you can add, so you're going to showcase him a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I'm with also you there. an easy and, buckets guy, a, yeah. a guy who gets layups. They're still yep. the they still shoot the fewest layups in the league or shots at the rim in the league. Um, well, and the other thing with Tim, too, it's not just the shot making. It's that even though he is far from an ideal shot creator, and even though there are definitely times when he can go into business for himself and sort of hijack possessions, the flip side is that he can make things happen by himself. And there are moments when somebody other than Brunson or Luca needs to do that. And there is the intangible element of, you know, as you said, this is a guy who, against the Clippers, brought it and was not afraid of tense playoff environments. And that's important, and that's key. And that's a guy who... You know, you, you need some, you need somebody sometimes if you last seven seconds of possession to do something and to create something. And, you know, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. That's sort of the Tim Hardaway story. There are moments when at his best, he looks like an all-star. There are moments when at his worst, he just, you wonder why he's doing the things he does. But that unpredictability is very key on an offensive team that just is so stagnant sometimes. And so it's not <laughs> just the shot making. It's that he can just add a little more unpredictability when really – Outside of Brunson and Luca, you, you don't get a lot of that other than, you know, sometimes a bit from Porzingis. So it, all of that is off the table now. Even if Bullock and Green do hit shots, that doesn't change the fact that there's an increased playmaking burden, even more than there already was, which was too much on Brunson and Luca, pending maybe something gets done at the deadline. Br- Brunson and Porzingis being your second and third scorer in whatever order you want to rank them, uh, we've seen both of them have inconsistency. Uh, Porzingis just kind of general inconsistency. There are matchups that work for him. Brunson, once again, against the Warriors and against the Phoenix uh, last week, he was limited. He still is limited by longer, rangier defenses that that are able to bother him more. And I saw signs of him working around that and figuring that out and uh, earlier this year. And it feels like we're a little bit back in the same place. I, I do think he's improved. I, I really wish that he was taking more threes and he's actually taking less, less threes this season. I know we've talked about that. And when, so, so the point is, you know, you've got Luca, he's always going to give you 25, 30, 35 in a playoff game. When your next two scores on any given night, you know, 
might give you 11 or nine. It, it, there's a lot of value in having one player off the bench who can give you 30, you know, like that, that is, that is Tim Hardaway Jr. is one of those players who can offset um, some of the roster deficiencies, roster construction deficiencies that you have within an offense uh, when it comes to, you know, the players that you're most relying on to put up points and losing that, you know, there, there is not another player who's going to score 30 this season. Um, yeah. Those guys that just three. randomly not, win you games, right? right? Like right. they, they yeah. lost one. Yeah, like that. I I'm I mean that. Like that. There is not another player on this roster who will score thirty points this season. Like I, I cannot envision a game from any one of those players that is thirty points. And that's and arbitrary. Porzingis is going to drop forty in like two days. So <laughs> right. But again, yeah, you know, like the the, the problem with Porzingis, his his scores actually dipped a little bit in January, which is interesting. Even as his uh, three point percentage and overall sh- uh, shot making has has risen a little bit. But, you know, if you're going to have inconsistent people at the at the second and, and third options, you know, it, it, you do have to make up those points and games that they aren't clicking. And so, yeah, it's a loss. It's definitely a loss. I, I think I think the way that the way that the team went around this and uh, or, or, you know, the way that the, that Jason Kidd reshaped the rotations with the minutes that he gave to the players he did. I thought that made sense in Portland. I think that's the short term answer. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. To get back to the big picture, we're facing Dorian Finney-Smith and Jalen Brunson's free agencies this year, of course. And we've talked a lot about that. And I think the reason that so quickly my mind goes to, oh, you're not going to be able to trade Hardaway is that if the Mavericks don't trade Brunson and Finney Smith, they have to reassign them. And if you resign them for 
30 million combined, 35 million combined, whatever it is. Um, the, the core of the team, that is those two and Hardaway and Porzingis and Doncic does not work. That is way too much money. That is at, probably at or over the salary cap. Um, it's pretty damn close. And those are not five players. Those are, those are not the best five players who can be on the court in an NBA finals game. And we know that, and we know that, and it's okay to resign them and say, we need to retain these talented players, Dorian Finney-Smith and Jalen Brunson, and we'll figure it out at a later, at a later point. But if you're going to figure it out at a later point, it's, it's Hardaway who, you know, most immediately seems like the expendable one of those five and you take his money off this team and, you know, either bringing in another sort of player who's going to fit better or, you know, just giving yourself more flexibility going forwards. That's, that's where, that's where I think this hurts is that, you know, if, if there was a suitor, if there was somebody who was interested in him, even if you weren't getting much back in return, but you viewed the ability to trade his contract as a net positive uh, for the summer or probably more likely the following summer, you know, I, I think there would have been value in that. And that's off the table now. And now they have to adjust what is already a very tricky and difficult offseason, um, you know, and, and roster built that that we have talked about at length. But, you know, as new new information comes in, we can we can kind of assess what the big picture looks like now. Yeah, the, the Brunson and Dorian Finney-Smith conundrum, right? That's I think that's the thing to watch the next couple of weeks in Jalen Brunson has played himself into a pretty big contract and I'm not sure. And I like Jalen Brunson a lot as a player, but I'm not sure if that's the guy that they're that Mavericks should want to pay. Well, here's, here's the other aspect of this. What so much of what we talk about with this team, isn't just what they do on the floor, but it's the intangible stuff in particular. I mean, Luca has been pretty vocal about. I mean, look, I'm forgetting what Luca's perspective on chemistry because Luca verbatim said this summer when he signed that deal, he wants to see more chemistry. We saw this last year. That team was fractured, and I'm not saying all is hunky dory now. And I'm not saying things will be hunky dory in a year from now if they're in the same place. But it is pretty obvious they get along a lot better. It is extremely obvious that Jalen Brunson is the right culture guy you want in your room. Right, that guy has won everywhere he's ever played. He is a teammate guy. And it's also very obvious that Luka Doncic likes Jalen Brunson a lot. And if a lot of this is keeping Luka happy, because keeping Luka happy means keeping Luka in Dallas, and keeping Luka in Dallas is the best chance they'll ever have to win titles, you might have to pay Jalen Brunson even if you're not sure if it's the best fit. I don't even disagree with that. I actually – I think that that is the hardest part, right? What does Luka want? Yeah. And it's why why this feels so immediate is because – if if you don't want to sign him this free agency or or you're not sold on his fit, you still have to if you reach the offseason yep. with him as a free agent. You have to. You cannot just let that player walk. Like like at worst, you know, you've got to sign him with the idea that, you know, there's gonna be future flexibility. There's going to be teams interested in trading for him still, even after signing this contract. Yeah. Um, if I you guess there's sign and trade stuff, but like that doesn't even seem like, like this is the window. It'd to be trade pretty him limited, I think. If you don't want to uh, resign him, yeah. When you look around, I, I do think the sign and trade options are pretty limited. And I think that the, they've got a decision to make on Brunson in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you think about like what could be coming back, and he's the only other shot creator on the roster. It has to yeah. be for a shot creator. 
And he doesn't make and, much money. That's the bigger – like they're going to have to – if they trade well, Brunson away, they're going to have to include Powell. Uh, I mean they're going to have to like find – Well, they have that trade exception from the – they have that big trade exception for the Richardson deal. That would sure. help. Um, but, I mean, forget just the idea that, you know, yeah, he's the only other shot creator on the, on the roster. But, again, big picture. And this, and this is what we talked about last week. And, Dave, you weren't on with us. But this idea of does this organization have the nerve to make the hard choices and to look in the mirror and say, you know what, this isn't good enough. Two years from now, this move will be glad we did it. Do they have the courage to do that? Because trading away Jalen Brunson, who has been their big developmental success story, their only developmental success story other than Luca, who Luca likes, who they finally figured out a backdoor yeah. partnership with. Well, yeah, I guess Dorian Finney Smith. Okay, let's that's fair. But you know, their big draft success story, right? Because Dorian yes. was undrafted. Um trading him away now when the team, as flawed as it is, is playing their best ball they played in a long time. Is that going to make people in the room happy? No, it won't. And you can deal with that long term, right? If you are going to win, people will forget all about that. Winning cures a lot of things. But do you do they have it in them to say, you know what? This will make our superstar unhappy. This will make our locker room unhappy. It might not make your head coach happy because who does not enjoy coaching Jalen Brunson? Really? Right. Probably everybody does. Uh, but, but they'll deal with it because big picture, this is smarter for us. Will they actually do that? And I just, I just don't know. And it's relevant that we talk about this now. We talked about some of this last week going into this stretch of games. You know, that in particular, that three-game stretch of Phoenix, Memphis, and Golden State. And I said, you know, at the time, I framed it as, let's see if they win two of three. Because I, I never thought they were going to win three of three. I figured they wouldn't lose all three. Well, it turns out they did probably the most expected thing. They beat Memphis again. They're better than Memphis. Okay, Memphis is higher than them in the standings. Memphis has in, higher in that version than of Memphis that was missing a bunch of players. Sure, you know, look, I think Memphis' ceiling is definitely higher than this current group. Like, let me let me be clear: if Dallas doesn't change the roster up and Memphis continues developing, Memphis has a better, brighter future. In the here and now, I think this team playing the defense they play with having the better player on the floor and Luka Doncic, I think they're better than Memphis. Either way, it's close enough that if you beat Memphis, not terribly surprising. It also was not terribly surprising that they lost again to Phoenix and that they lost to Golden State. Those teams are much better than Dallas. They beat Portland last night. Portland didn't have Dame. Even if Portland had Dame, they'd probably still beat Portland. They're better than Portland. Those four games, they did basically what you thought they'd do. This team is what this team is. There's no big moment coming out of these games where you say, hey, look at that. Three wins out of four. All right. Or there's no moment of, oh, we lost all of these games. Maybe we need to reassess. They are right where they were a week ago. They are no different than what we thought they were going into this test of games, which just makes this crossroads even more glaring because somebody's going to have to make the judgment call and say, do we have the courage to do this or not? Because there's no one flashing sign in front of them that is obvious, right? You could you could view this either way. They could talk themselves into saying we are on the right track and we are better and let's just keep riding this out and maybe make a big move a year from now. Or they can talk themselves into saying this is who we are and it's not enough. But there isn't that one obvious four wins and five or four losses of five to point you and push you in the direction of here's the deadline. We got to do something or we got to stand pat. How, how would the perception have been different if they flipped Tuesday and Wednesday's results, if they beat Golden State and then lost to Portland? I think it probably helps them even more thinking that they're on the right track. I don't because- know. Listen, I think getting smacked by the Warriors without Draymond Green is actually pretty bad. Right, like oh no, I think it's very telling. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Like, like I I guess I think back to last season and last season's team, which also wasn't good enough, and the roster wasn't good enough. 
they also beat a lot of like they were pretty consistent at beating good teams and they kept mm-hmm. losing to bad teams. I, yeah. I actually agree. I don't think the perception should change at all. I, it would depend on if if they were able to beat the Warriors and how they looked doing it. But no, I, I think it's clear that losing like that to Golden State is, you know, such a wake up call that no, you're not on that highest tier. And it's really hard to be on that highest tier. And it is the highest tier is really good. You know, those teams are yeah. really good, but they're not there. I like that. I like the way that they responded to that. Cause I, I think that that is an indicator of good culture. Cause when you do like they, for my money, that, that game against the golden state warriors should have at least been more competitive. I think we, everybody can say that, right? I'm not going to say that they should have beat the warriors. Cause I think the warriors, <coughs> even without Draymond are better. They've got Stephen Curry, you know, they, they're just better. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I, I do I do like how they came back after because I mean, that was embarrassing. It was an embarrassing loss to lose to the Warriors without Draymond Green like that. I do think that there are really great signs about how they responded against anybody, whether it was a good team or a bad team. I think that the way that you respond to losses matters, especially but bad isn't ones. The, isn't the common thinking, wouldn't you rather your team be beating teams that are "Quote unquote better than you and losing to teams that are worse than you." No, I, I don't. No, 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 no. Because because good sh- teams look. Good teams wrap up all a, the games that you that you have to like. The, the good teams beat all the teams they're supposed to. That's a good team. Like, I, I guess the thinking is is it shows that if you could just find a level of consistency, that your right. ceiling is higher than it is. I think a little is, bit of is that is a single game. That. Single games can can swing one way or the other, and I think you have to look over the long haul and you have to look at consistency, not the not the peaks and the valleys. But That's what fair. do they do when they usually play teams over 500? What do they do? Like, are they beating the bad teams more often than not? That's what you need, right? Like, are you winning 65 to 70% of your games against bad teams? And are you at least breaking even against the good ones? I think They're when you do that. insanely consistent at being able to do that. Yeah, season. and I think that that's a good that's a good place to start from. And then you got to start beating the good teams more often. And, and then next thing you know, you're, you know, you're one of the – Phoenix or Golden State or Brooklyn or Milwaukee or you know what I mean and and so they've got a little bit of a ways to go before they get to that point mostly because they just don't have the talent like, it, like this is what they are doing right now is playing above their head when you look down the roster I mean they just are and, and you know we can say that that's all Luca I don't know that it's all Luca but certainly a lot of it is uh, it's a lot of Jalen Brunson I think it's been a f- decent amount of Porzingis. Actually, uh, they're 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 not a what I would call a good team. They're like an above average team, right? They they are in that five to seven range in the West. I think that that's about right. That's probably about where they ought to be right now. And, and they certainly have an opportunity, especially because you know who knows what's going on with Gobert. I mean, losing Tim Hardaway Jr. is a big deal, and, and they are likely worse in the short term. We're going to see what they do in the next couple of weeks and if they make a move, but. I still think that without Tim Hardaway, they might have an opportunity to not lose a lot of steam. And a lot of it depends on guys hitting shots. Can Reggie Bullock step into that role and, and hit more shots? You know, Josh Green, all the stuff that we just laid out. Um, I actually don't think they'll lose much steam at all in terms of the regular season. I just think yeah, it lowers their ceiling. It does. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. you know, th- this team, I- I'm with you, Tim. I think if they can figure out how do we compete with good teams? How do we compete with the with the the top contenders? Not how do we I've, beat our contemporaries? 
I have one more thing to say on on Brunson. Uh, my gut feeling is that they don't make a move. Just oh, I, I, I agree. I agree. But I, I think, yeah. yeah, we all agree. It, it's a, it I, would I be think, a bold move to trade, you know, your second best player, basically. Right. A month ago, no. But right, right. now, I, I think I think that they're probably not going to make a move. I think that the, the problem with trading Brunson and, and the problem with the idea that, that you're going to do that is that the justification for trading him is something that will happen with him on the roster in April and May. Like, you can't, you can, you can project ahead and look at him and say, okay, this guy may not be built yet or be as effective in playoff basketball as we hope. But you, it's just so hard to jump the gun on that and say, oh, he definitely won't be when Luca wouldn't agree. The players you wouldn't get- agree. Jalen wouldn't agree. And, and until you have that justification for it to happen in another playoff series and, and even more broadly than Brunson himself, but for the team to once again, just not look like they have enough talent because the team is all about, we're different. We have a new coaching staff. We're doing different things on yeah. defense. And that's all true. And that, you know, that it might work out in a way that we don't expect, but if they've reached the playoffs again and Brunson is a little bit worse and the team just looks a little less talented than their second round opponent because maybe they even get a top four seed and advance to the second round. There is the justification once again for trading Brunson or Finney Smith. I, I think Brunson of those two, I I, I think you got to keep Finney Smith. I just don't know how you, I, I think Finney I, Smith agree, has some, I agree with you there. I think too. Finney Smith has the, the more valuable, uh, more unique skill set. Like I, I, as many attempts at three, like there are so many, three and D wings out there. There are not very many good ones. And there are a lot of pretty decent scoring guards, a little bit undersized scoring guards. So that's, that's the, that's the tricky thing. And when you change the coaching staff and you change the front office, the instincts of change will be, Oh, let's see it out. And even though we have evidence from past seasons and past post seasons, these guys are going to want to see it out. And I don't fault them for that. The question is whether they're right, but the human instinct it's to see yeah. it happen one more time. You can, whether or not they, like, look, there is literally no feasible move they could make this year at the trade deadline at all. Trading Brunson, trading Finney Smith, trading anybody not named Luka Doncic, there's no way they could construct a championship roster this year, right? That's off the table. That's so true. if they want to see it out one more time and then make moves, I'm with you. The caveat to that is you better know what your moves are going to be when you are now paying two of your more valuable assets, real money. Because like you said last week, Tim, so much of how teams get ahead in this league is having inefficient salaries that you can move around. And you're they're running out of ones that they can do that with. So if they sit there and say, let's see what happens, let's get a little more data, but we're confident because we've got avenues A, B, and C next year that we can do and we're confident we will flip this around, okay, that is that is the front office and the organization betting on themselves, and I don't think anybody on the outside can really say one way or the other how that's going to work when so much of it is reorganized with, under Nico Harrison. Yes, Mark Cuban still makes the decisions. Yes, there's still a lot of continuity in place, but there are enough decision makers that are different. You kind of have no choice but to trust them and see what's going to happen at this point. You guys think that uh, Dallas should be taking a swing at Bradley Beal? I mean, should I mean? But right. what, here's the thing: what well, can I'm, what I'm can just they offer about- that? Well, See, that's that's the issue, right? Like the draft pick situation isn't great. I, I, I just had I've had people ask me, all right, where do you like where do you like Beal? Where do you like Beal? Man, I, I really like Beal in Dallas. I just don't know how they could possibly make it happen. Yeah. 
When they cleared money for Giannis, Beal was supposed to be the backup option. Like, you know, they were not clearing money thinking, you know, they did that also believing there was at least one more target that they could throw that money at. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll dive in a little deeper next week since the you know trade deadlines in two weeks. Um, but I have started thinking about okay, what are some of the pieces that would look good, you know, with this team? Harrison Barnes, I think, would be he would <sighs> fill quite a role for them. I know that it's I just can't imagine him in a Mavericks uniform. <laughs> yeah, I know it'd be weird. Uh, I I'll, I'll throw a Photoshop together. Just send it over to okay. you just so okay. you know what yeah. it will look like. Just mock that up um, for us. Yeah, but Barnes is interesting to me. Um, look. I don't think he's going to be available, but Kyle Kuzma would be so good. You know, I just don't think that uh, they'd be able to get him, but he would be excellent on this team. And and I mean, I could name like four wizards actually, that would be pretty good. Uh, KCP, for instance, would be fantastic on this team. So I, I do think that there are, there are guys out there that could add to this roster and aren't that expensive. The problem is just like the Mavericks, even the teams that have them are looking for those guys. I mean, Phoenix probably could use another wing. Isn't that the nuts? Phoenix has wings. <laughs> I know. So it, it is like there are actually – there are a lot of sellers, not as many buyers as you might think, and it feels like almost everyone is looking for the same thing, which, hey, in a wing-dominated league, we shouldn't be surprised. I think my general thought for what – because presuming here that they are not going to do anything big. My realistic thought for what they should do at this deadline, or if it happens at the buyout market, presuming it does not cost real assets, is the same thing, funny enough, that I think we all thought they were going to do five months ago, which is probably just Goran Dragic. Because that is a guy who, it's not just what he can do on the court, which is, you know, like he's in his mid-30s. He ain't what he was 10 years ago, but he still could do some creation off the bench, which God knows they need. It's really more about you want one more veteran in the room who has been through playoff wars. And I think Luka Doncic, there are probably certain veteran players that he will listen to. But how many do you know he will listen to? That's that's at the top of the list. That is the guy who, if you are sitting there saying, we want somebody in this room that our star player will respect, will do whatever the guy says, and takes him seriously, that's always been the guy. Find a way to get him here. Keep him around for at least one more year. Ain't going to win you any playoff series by himself, but it will help you in the big picture. And he's a good chemistry guy. Oh, yeah. Really good. And not just with Luca. I mean, you know, the stuff coming out of Miami when he was there, I mean, I think he, he's the guy that they need to get generally. <laughs> Add him to the yeah. roster somehow. The Brunson conundrum is is going to be the thing to watch. I I agree on Jodrick. I mean, I, I think that if you were – but the way Hardaway was playing, there there is a – very small chance, but there is a chance that a straight swap of their minutes, if you're getting, you know, tragic from last year, maybe a touch better, which I still don't think is impossible. I know he hasn't played basketball he's this year, but it, be yeah, he's healthy. He was not healthy yeah. last year. Uh, that might be an improvement. Now, I don't I don't think that's likely. Uh, I'm definitely not not predicting or or saying that with any certainty or confidence, but He's a player. He still remains a player who makes a lot of sense for this team. Um, so yeah, I bet let's the end it there. Let's, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. They they just need another player like that. They gen, they genuinely do. Maybe he can get Brunson to take more spot up threes. You know, Dave. Maybe, what maybe. You, what do you think at this point they have to pay to actually get him, or do you think they could keep playing chicken and wait to the buyout market? Oh, I mean, it, I, yeah, no, I nobody's trading for him. 
Yeah, yeah. I think he's okay. he's gonna yeah, be a buyout guy. Okay. Yeah, he's he has to be. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's just there would have been any sort of traction. Like the the fact that he didn't like he stopped playing after one game, after two games, whatever it was, it, it was over then. You know, like yeah. like once once he wasn't able to show and prove his on court value, you know, Toronto lost all leverage. So he'll be bought out. Um, I can't imagine anything. And it just, and again, it, we've, we've had this conversation too many times, but his, but his contract, he, he makes too much money for someone to even take a flyer on him Yeah, because they, mm-hmm. there, there are not people who have those types of matching salaries to send back that are not at least semi-valuable players. And whether I, I they're, it's still, now or yeah. in the summer. Right. So like Tim right. Hardaway, no, don't do that. Right. Yeah. Anyway, let's end it here. Let's, let's talk trade and like let's talk names that's yeah. that's a, i think that's a great thing to do next week let's let's talk names um we'll oh man that. there's 450 of them we'll just <laughs> go through the list every single this one. season there's been quite a few more that's true abdul nader how are we feeling about that one no? i don't know man. all right hey, Biombo, on to the Greg next one. monroe could get some hey, run on this team i'm just saying don't give us abdul nader cliffhangers folks are gonna want to yeah yeah you're not being fair to our audience so to be fair to y'all uh i'll say thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next week he plays fortnite just like me i am 34 don't fight the future honey don't fight the future the future is luke a big dick donjic from the home of melania trump how many kids you hit? Don't fight the future, it tears me apart. Don't fight the future, please be nice to Luca. Future four time MVP. Oh my god! Oh! Shut it down! Let's go home! It's a wrap, Doug! That is a wrap. Woo!